Hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Only Embarrassing If You're Embarrassed podcast. My name is Madison, and thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Today's episode, I am calling Slow Girl Fall because rules are fake and you can have whatever kind of fall you want. So I am choosing to be focused on not rushing around, having peace, having contentment. And those are all things that I have really, really struggled with. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. But before we get into that, I want to give you guys a little life fail update. So if you guys have listened to the podcast before, you guys know that I just share about whatever sort of life lessons I'm learning. And to be honest, some of them I'm like, I feel like I should have known this, but no clue. And whenever I was younger, I used to think people that are 30, like know just everything about adult life. They have their shit together. And let me tell you, I've been on the struggle bus lately. So what has happened to me lately is I decided to sell my personal vehicle. And so I drive a company vehicle for work and I actually have like a perk where I can use it for personal use. So I've just really been driving my company vehicle for probably the past like two years. And so I have like my personal vehicle that's been sitting for like the past two years. And then I also have a car that um, I got from my dad when he passed away that also has been sitting for like two years. So I've literally been in this cycle of like, I need to like drive these cars and make sure the batteries don't die and the batteries die and I buy new batteries and they die again. And it's just like this whole cycle, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to commit and I'm going to sell my personal car. So I end up doing this on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, And first of all, I don't know if you guys have ever sold anything on Facebook Marketplace, but I really could not recommend it more. So uh, I sold a Fatboy Safe on Facebook Marketplace. I sold a ring my ex-husband gave me on Facebook Marketplace. And now I sold my car on Facebook Marketplace. And honestly, it they've all gone really well. Like none of the people were like secretly serial killers. Like it's just been like normal everyday Joe Schmoes trying to get, you know, something local instead of having to travel to get it. So that's my little fun fact that I've learned about Facebook marketplace. But anyways, so back to selling my car. So this car was a car that my ex-husband had bought originally. So in my divorce, I got the title to the car, but I did not realize that the title had never been notarized. So whenever I sell my car, I give the girl the title, she takes it to the DMV, and then they tell her like, yeah, you can't use this because it's not notarized and the car still technically belongs to, insert my ex-husband's name. And so she reaches out, tells me all this. I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? So I call the DMV and I'm like, Hey, here's the dealio. And so I explain the situation and I'm like, I have my like divorce documents showing that the vehicle went to me as like the assets. Can I take that and the title like back in? They're like, Nope, you have to get it notarized. And most of the time you have to have like the person that had that bought the vehicle or like that is given like the original person on the title there as well. And I'm like, 
okay, so you want me to unblock my ex-husband, track this man down, ask him to meet me somewhere to get something notarized, and then what do I do? And so then she's like, and then once you do all of that, then you take that title, you take it to the DMV, they process it, then they send you a new title, you get that title notarized, and then that's the title that you give to the girl that you already sold your car to. And I'm like, yikes, we, we did a little snafu. We really did. We did a little snafu. So, and I know the woman on the other line of the DMV is just like, girlfriend, you have made a lot of bad life decisions. It seems like you should probably start making better ones. So nonetheless, I end up being like, duh, Madison, you work with a couple notaries. Let's see if one of them will notarize this car title. So I go to one of them and I'm like, hey, any chance you'll notarize this car title for me? She's like, sure. And I'm like, yes. So then I get my car title notarized. Then I take it to the DMV. The DMV line actually wasn't that long. I will say this is like the second or third time I've been to the DMV because like I had to get my name changed, not this title thing. And uh, I will say lines haven't been bad. People have not been bad. Like just overall, Overall, it's not been a not been a, a challenging time, but do you want to know what's funny? Is uh, so I'm waiting in line at the DMV, and this woman comes in and is like standing behind me. And at the time that she gets there, this guy is like arguing with the like like there's like a customer arguing with the DMV guy. He's trying to get the DMV guy to like look up stuff under like other people's names that aren't there. The guy's like, I can only like look up stuff that's, you know, yours associated with you. I can look up theirs, but they have to come here. They're in this like heated back and forth about it. And I'm obviously like watching this unfold, you know, because popping my popcorn and the girl that like just got in line behind me, she's like, uh, I didn't realize that we would get like waiting and a show. I was like, same. And so we end up get to chit chatting and she's like, uh, what are you here for? And I like tell her the whole story. And she's like, I'm actually here because I'm trying to get something out of my ex-husband's name too. I was like, shut up. So that was funny. She had been trying to get her car also out of her ex-husband's name. And then the mail for it was still going to his house. And so her tags and like taxes were expired because like all the information went to his house and so she never paid it and I was like oh my gosh it really be a challenge it really be a challenge getting all your ducks in a row after you get divorced okay back to slow girl fall which is the original reason we're here I just wanted to give you guys that little life update and also life tips if you sell a car and you don't do it at a dealership, there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of steps. So, uh, that's all I got. Okay. So the other night uh, I was working in Tennessee. Well, I was working in Tennessee like this past week, really. But the other night I was uh, kind of doing like a little reflection time, if you will. So I, was on probably like my second like full travel day and I get to the place I'm staying and I'm like, ugh, I really do not want to go back out, pick up food, come back, eat it. It's like almost seven o'clock by this time. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to DoorDash myself some Outback because I deserve it, right? So that's what I did. And so as I was 
kind of had like a running around day, I was reflecting upon how much I used to always be running around like a crazy person, causing stress for myself, and how that's something that I've really been trying to work on over the past couple years. But every once in a while, like this past week, I get myself into a situation where I do a little bit of an overschedule and then I'm like, oh shoot. So let's talk about that. So I am the kind of person that I have always been an overscheduler, an overplanner, very type A, very like I'm going to get things done. I always have goals, projects, whatever. So why do I do this? Let's talk about it. I personally think that I do this because I have always been the kind of person that I always thought that my worth came from working, from producing, from helping, from meeting other people's expectations and newsflash, it doesn't. So this has manifested for me where I'm the kind of person that I would always overschedule, overplan, always say yes to everything. And then I would also set like pretty stringent goals for myself of just like whatever else I have going on. And uh, I really got to a point that I now refer to as my stop point, probably like a year and a half, two years ago. And so one thing about me is if I commit to a workout plan, like I commit. So at this time in my life, I was not prioritizing sleep, which is one thing I've realized like I have to prioritize. I'm the kind of person like you don't want to hang out with me if I only got six hours of sleep. I can promise you that. I need eight to nine hours a night and I've just accepted that I need that and started to let my body get that and I feel so good. But Back in this stage of my life, I was not listening to my body. I was instead living off iced coffee and Adderall. And literally, I was traveling for work all the time and I wasn't getting enough sleep. And so, in this day in particular, I remember I was also working in Tennessee and like I had so much to get done. And then I really wanted to like get back in time to go to like get like my fourth workout class of the weekend because, you know, I had set this goal that I was going to go to four workout classes a week. So I was doing it no matter what. So this whole day I'm rushing around trying to get stuff done at work, trying to get home in time to go to this workout class, like just craziness, living off iced coffee and Adderall. Then I go to lunch and I have a, a salad and then I go, you know, to like the late workout class. And uh, so it's just a whole slew of bad decisions, right? Not enough sleep, not enough food. Why was I living off iced coffee and Adderall? Don't know. Also little, little addiction detour. We're going to go down here. So I was never prescribed Adderall. So I can't stress that enough. So no prescribing doctor has ever been like, you know what you should do? Take Adderall. Do you want to know what they had said? Said you cannot take Adderall because you have an addictive personality and really you just have untreated mental illness and you do have ADHD, but Adderall is not the cure for you. And I said, thanks for your opinion. I'll start buying Adderall. And that's what I did. So in this period of my life, I was also really bad in my addiction to alcohol. And so if you guys have listened, I've shared that I 
went through a period where I had a pretty bad drinking problem. And now I'm actually coming up on a year since I've had alcohol. So it's been really a journey. But in this time where I was really addicted to alcohol, I was also really addicted to Adderall. And looking back, I can very easily identify like, oh yeah, I was addicted. But at the time, I didn't think that. I just thought like, oh my gosh, Adderall like makes me feel better. Like literally I need it to function. So I need to find people to buy it from because for whatever reason, these doctors will not give it to me. Like that is truly what it's like being in addiction and being like caught up And that's not to say that like Adderall, if you're prescribed it, if you're the kind of person that can take it, like this is not to condemn you. This is just to say that I have an addictive personality. I should not have been on Adderall because that's not a drug that does well with my body. That's not to say that it doesn't do well with other people's bodies. It just wasn't a good fit for me. So I eventually ended up stopping taking Adderall and living off iced coffee. And I probably did that actually a little bit before I stopped drinking. And uh, I think I realized like, Ooh, I was pretty addicted to that whenever I stopped taking it. And I went through like really bad withdrawals from Adderall and just like had like the worst cravings for it. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, maybe I actually was addicted to that. Uh, And so that's just a little addiction detour. So back to this day that I am living off Adderall, iced coffee, and a salad, and rushing around going to the late class at the gym. So at the time, I was going to this gym called Orange Theory Fitness, and so Orange Theory Fitness was like high-intensity interval, a lot of running, rowing, weights, all that sort of stuff. And I want to clarify, I did not throw up because of the Orange Theory workouts. I threw up because literally I hadn't eaten, had been running around, like didn't just like I was being reckless, right? So we're at like the last like point of class where we're all going pretty hard. And so I have to leave because I think I'm going to throw up. And so sure enough, I get two steps outside the door and I am projectile vomiting, just like Pre, oh, also, I chugged a pre-workout before I went to this because, you know, definitely needed to add that to the mix of all the things that were on my stomach. So I'm literally standing like two steps outside the Orange Theory, just projectile vomiting, like all of this like pre-workout with like little lettuce chunks, like, oh, it was such a bad time. And uh, you guys know if you've ever like projectile vomited that like uh, it's not a good time. Like it's so not a good time. Like you're stuck there. Like if you are projectile, like you can't move. So it's just me. Like, and I probably wasn't throwing up that long, but for me, it felt like forever. And it was long enough that finally one of the people that worked there came out with a bottle of water and was like, here, I bet you could use this. And I'm like, like trying to like say thank you and like still throw up. It was just, oh, so as I'm standing there, you know, throwing up, I have some time to reflect. And I'm like, damn, Madison, how did we get here? And I have this moment of self-awareness where I'm like, damn, I wonder if it's the fact that I've been traveling for work, not sleeping enough, living off Adderall and iced coffee, not eating enough, not listening to my body, um, putting myself through this like very stringent like workout routine that I've developed. Like, maybe I'm the villain. Like, hmm. So I realized like, hmm. There is a lot of this that I impact and I can choose to impact differently. So let's start making better decisions. So that is a very long story to give you guys an idea of what got me to this point that I refer to as kind of like my stop point in life, 
where I realized I caused a lot of my own stress for a long, long time with things that I did or lifestyles that I had or, you know, just things that I developed in my life that it's like, why the heck was I doing that? So I've really been spending the past like year and a half, two years trying to stop being that and start being somebody who just uh, relaxes, enjoys life. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever seen that reel? That's like, okay, so here's the deal. I would love to go with the flow, but like, where is the flow? What time is it leaving? Where is it going? Like (laughs) that is so me. Like I want to be a go with the flow person, but I'm so type A that I'm just like, I need to plan everything. Like I have an opinion on everything. So again, self-awareness, we're working on it. So at this point, I realized I say yes to everything and I take on things that I can't deliver on because I don't want to let anybody down. And for me, this really caused me to be an anxious mess and also resenting most of the people that I had plans with because I didn't really have time for those plans. First of all, what a spiral. Second of all, what an unfair reason to resent people. Like I was literally creating my own reality that I couldn't handle and then being frustrated at other people for like trying to be a part of my life. Like it was just such a just reckless, not good spiral. So I decided, Madison, you pretty much make your own schedule. So let's change it. Let's set some boundaries and let's figure out what we need to do to have a better lifestyle. So one thing I started doing is setting some boundaries. So going back to sleep, I committed, I have to sleep eight to nine hours a night. I can't stay up till midnight and then get up at 6 a.m. Like I am 30. I'm not, you know, 23 anymore. I can't do that nonsense. I need my sleep. So that's something that I had to commit to because again, as like a type A overscheduled person, I'm like, who has time to sleep eight to nine hours a night? If I slept six hours a night, I could get three more hours worth of stuff done. And first of all, that's crazy thinking. But if you guys are wondering what goes on in my mind, there's a little insight. So I decide we got to commit to the sleep and then we also got to create boundaries with how we spend our time. So I committed that each week I'm going to have one friend date that I do. And yes, I did just refer to it as a friend date because your friends are people to like go out on like, you know, we'll go out to dinner, like whatever. So I try to do uh, no more than like one friend day each week, one family day each week. And then I try to do a me day each week where either I'm going to get a facial and a manicure or I'm literally just laying on my couch because I need to relax or, you know, whatever it is. And I've learned that I really, really need that recharge time to be able to show up as my best self. All right, next thing that I learned that I need to do to not be a running around anxious mess is I need to create slow mornings. Slow mornings make a difference for me, even if I only have five to 10 minutes. And here's what I mean by slow mornings. For 
This morning, for example, I sat on the couch and I read my daily devotion and I read my Bible and I ate my bagel and drank my energizer and uh, that was that. And it was literally like five, 10 minutes of just silence, peace, um, setting intentions for the day. I do try to meditate a lot in the morning. I am not going to lie. I don't do it every morning. I would love to. I just, honestly, I'm not... uh, to the point where that's something that I do as an everyday habit yet, but I do do it quite a few times a week. And so I realized that how I set the tone for my mornings really sets the tone for my day. So if I'm running around, running late, sitting in traffic, uh, rushing to meetings, like that makes me really anxious and creates a lot of the opposite of peace, (laughs) just a lot of chaos. And so I can't do that. It's not good for me. It's not how I function at my best or my highest self. So really, I just need to have my slow mornings and at least spend five to 10 minutes where I'm not running around, rushing around to just kind of collect my thoughts and set my intentions for the day. So Another thing that I had to start doing is I had to start paying more attention to how work and personal travel line up. And here's what I mean, because I just did this. So I'm going to give you all an example. So last week I worked in Greenville, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, and Roanoke, Virginia, and Greensboro, North Carolina in a four-day work week. So those are all the places that I worked last week. Then Friday I came back from the work travel, and then left uh, a couple hours later to go to Myrtle Beach with my boyfriend. And then we went to Myrtle Beach for the weekend. We came back Sunday night. And then Tuesday morning, I left and went to Tennessee and then worked in Tennessee this week. So I, again, I make my own schedule. Like I decided what weekend we were going on that beach trip. I decide what days I'm going to which branches to roll out different things. Like uh, I make my own schedule. This is one where I should have looked further ahead and seen how many things that I had committed to in such a small time and noticed that before I was like on the way back from the beach and like, damn, I got to leave again in like a day. So that is something that I, uh, I used to do it a lot more than I do it now, but that's a time where it came up recently that I was like, dang, this is still an area that we've got to be cognizant of and we've got to work to plan better for. So overall, really just notice when you're stressed and think about how you can avoid this. So an, a small example I go to, so I don't go to Orange Theory anymore, not because of the throwing up story, but because once I turned 30, I could not do the high intensity interval, just, you know, my hips, my knees, everything was cracking, just I couldn't do it. So now I go to Pure Bar, which is more low intensity and like small body movements. It's totally my jam. So these are group fitness classes. So like if the class starts at 5.30, you don't want to get there at 5.30 because they have already started. You need to get equipment. I probably have to pee. Like it's a thing, you know? So I was always running late to the gym because 
I am, I'm not the kind of person that I'm like, I'm always five minutes early. I would love to be that person, but I'm not. I'm the kind of person, if it starts at 530, I'm getting there at 530. And so I realized that does not work for this workout. So I realized I need to start getting there at least five minutes early to not be stressed because what if there's not any parking spots and I have to park far away, then I have to walk in, then I have to get all my equipment, then I have to pee and there's a line for the bathroom. Like these are all legitimate things that happened where I was like, by the time all those things got done, I'm like just then getting into the class they've already started. I'm like squeezing past people. Like I just, oh, and like that creates anxiety for me. Like being late creates anxiety for me. So like I have noticed that and now I'm making an effort to to not be late to things and literally just to be five minutes early instead because uh, I always have an extra five minutes. Like even though I'm so busy, realistically, I have an extra five minutes. So I need to spend that extra five minutes being on time rather than running around. So next thing I had to do is I had to start saying no. So I'm the kind of person, if you asked me to do something, go somewhere, I would always say yes. And now, guess what? I say no if it doesn't work for me and I don't feel bad about it because I. it doesn't mean I don't want to hang out with that person. It probably just means that maybe I don't have time this week, but I'd love to do that next week, you know? But I think that's a very important thing that I've learned in the world of boundaries that I did not do before. So if you are listening and you were like, okay, I'm going to give this whole thing a try. I'm going to have a, try to have a slow girl fall. I'm going to try to not run around, not rush around. That's going to be my goal. I'm proud of you for giving this a try. This is some grown adult healing because uh, it is really hard to acknowledge where you cause problems in your own story, identify those and change for the better. And that really is just like such like keen self-awareness and just such intentionality behind setting yourself up for success and making yourself better. So That is really all I wanted to share with you guys today for Slow Girl Fall. Thanks for tuning in. I will be back with a Faith Friday episode. And Faith Friday this week, we're going to be talking about treating people with love and respect who you don't like. Ooh, and you want to know why we're talking about it? Because I've been struggling with this. I've been having to deal with a lot of people that have been getting under my skin lately. And so we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about how I've learned some lessons in faith that have started to give me some tools as to how to treat people with love and respect that I don't like. Cool. So thanks for tuning in. See you on the next episode. And as always, happy healing, babes.